Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we are talking about season three, episode three. Yep. Season three, episode three. It's oh, the third episode of Marty Forgetting What Double threes. Double threes. What does it mean? <laughs> it means husbands and trophy wives. Huh. <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode description. Okay. Karen fears losing her cushy position as Stan's trophy wife. Jack and Will are stunned when their favorite party boy couple become dads. Well, I don't think this episode is one where we disagree about it as strong as we've disagreed in the past. Um, but I think we can talk about our our different levels of feeling for this episode. I thought this was a fine episode. I thought that I would have rather taken a nap. <laughs> I think. But like, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't terrible. It was just kind of boring. Okay. At least to me. Hmm. Like, I felt like all of the plots that happened could have been executed in a much more, like, funny way. And instead, they just weren't. They were just, like, yeah. kind of... And I guess I agree with that. <laughs> um, you know, both with... Um, it's Will and Jack's plot line where they go upstate and hang out with their old friends. Mm-hmm. And Grace and Karen's plot where they go to the Yacht Club. They both could have been executed better. I will agree with that. I think it just depends on your tolerance for the subjects of the episode. And for me... <laughs> I don't mind having another Ben to set episode, which I know is a big sticking point for you. Uh, I just don't like him. <laughs> also, this episode featured him shaving off his facial hair, which I didn't realize was the only endearing quality he had. Yeah, that was not great. That was not good. That was not great. It was not a good look for him. Um, and it also featured a plot with a lot of gabies. Yes, there were gabies. And I know I, you have feelings about it. I, was, I think... Eh. Anyways, let's get into it. Yeah, well, so, let's talk about the gabies. So let's talk about the gabies. So, you like gabies. Babies. Matthew's ovaries often smack me in the face when we are watching television together. So this, I forgot to strap him in. Yeah, so this was sort of like your strike zone exactly. Right. With all of the gay dads and the babies. Well, I knew from like the, the setup of the, the summary that there was going to be a, a single gaby. But then I was not expecting Will and Jack to come in and for there to be an entire fleet of them. That was There were a lot, and we were talking a little bit off mic about how realistic it actually was for so oh, many of these not at all realistic. to have babies. Because like, it's like, this episode premiered in 2000. Yeah. Like, not even 2001. Like, yeah. No. Mm, but I mean, it's, it's not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable. It's just probably not the most realistic thing for all of these gay dads. I will say it was very realistic for those gay dads to only hang out with their gay dads. Fair. Versus what we normally get in media where gays hang out with straights. Yeah, that's... Like, that's a thing that happens. That's not a thing. Like, literally... It's, like, it's not like it's not a thing, but, like... But, like, the token gay is not a real piece of, like, most people's social networks. Right. Or, like, the token gay is not only friends with those people. Right. Like, it's like, oh, you have a token gay in your group, but right. then the token gay has a group of exclusively gay right. friends. While it was surprising to see multiple gay beats, it made perfect sense that all of those gay dads would... Be friends with each other. Yes. And not hanging out with other straight parents. Yeah, I think that's totally legit. Um, I did also really appreciate the cattiness of like, <laughs> all the other gay babies left. And like mm-hmm. the one turns to the other and is like, you know, I, I know I'm a little biased, but I just have to say that Hannah is so much better than all these other <laughs> babies. And I went, yeah, that checks. That's yeah. just every parent I've ever encountered. Well, and that's kind of the other thing about this episode that I really liked is it's a return to Will and Grace's strategy of taking a straight situation yes. and making it gay. Yes. And I loved watching what was the same and what was different about that. Like the cattiness of the parents is something that straight parents would do too. We've seen yeah, it in media you, all the time. You probably wouldn't see the dad do it. 
No, because it would be the mom. We're very heteronormative, so if the dad was going to do it, he would probably be like, my son's stronger than the other babies. Right. And then he would, like, spit tobacco and, like, eat the head off a chicken. <laughs> right. Is that That's how straights work, right? I think that is, yeah. That's how they behave? They spit the tobacco, then they bite the head off the chicken. Yes. I think. I don't think... I don't think it's in the other Logistically, order. it wouldn't work the other way, right? No, because then you have tobacco on your chicken head. Right, right, of course. You never want tobacco on your chicken <laughs> you head, You never do. <laughs> um, but I also liked... I don't know if I liked this part or not, but... More than other times where they make the straight plots gay, they were a little bit subtler about some of the changes that would make. You know, like, mm-hmm. we were talking about how it was just a group of gay couples with their baby. Yeah. Um, it didn't really get into the implications of Will wanting kids and yeah. not it, like, necessarily being able to create those in a yeah, certain way. Yeah, it hinted at them, but it didn't really get into it so much. Um, I kind of almost wish the episode had played more with the fact that these people who, prior to having babies, were, like, big partiers, mm-hmm. had stopped partying. Like... I, that was the part that I enjoyed the most was like the big setup to them being like, yeah, jello shots and mud wrestling. Right. Woo! Oh, it's a baby. Oh, it's babies now. Also, like, I, again, I don't really remember the year 2000 that clearly, but I feel like if you got invited to stay at someone's house in the Hamptons, they would probably give you a heads up about their child. You would think so. Like, that just doesn't seem like a real thing that would happen, that you just I- show up. Prepared for jello shots and get handed yeah. a dirty diaper. I guess I'm fridge logicing this a little bit, but that like their friends just kind of assumed that they knew because all of their friends knew. You know what I mean? I guess. They're like, oh, we'll invite Will and Jack up for just to see them. We haven't mm-hmm. seen them in ages. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, that was weird. I feel like the episode could have played more with like the, oh my God, all of our crazy wild friends are settling down anxiety. Right. And it, it didn't really. It just kind of went straight into like, Will being like, I have a capital idea. Let's babysit for this child. And Jack is like, I am literally a child. I still poop in my diaper. Like, right, what right. the fuck? <laughs> That's actually really the more unbelievable part of the episode is that Will and Jack would just jump on that right away. Right. Like, I don't know. I just, especially if they're clearly not close enough to even know about the existence of this baby. Like, I wouldn't leave my baby with those weirdos. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I was that desperate. They were sleep deprived, probably. Just be like, any any adult can take my baby. Any adult can take the baby. That's how I'm going to be with babies, so watch out. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to be so stressed. I'll be like, you, you are a human adult to take my baby. I'm like, I'm 16 and this is Walgreens. (laughs) Sir, sir, you cannot, you cannot leave your baby with me. I am a cashier. No, no, it's fine. I just, I have to go to the movies. I'm going to go to the movies. Take my baby. <laughs> sir, no. Sir, come back. This is the photo counter. <laughs> sir! <laughs> but, it, but despite how ridiculous the setup of this episode is, it does get us to Will dealing with some real issues about wanting to be a dad. Yeah. Like, I don't Which know. Which I love. I love Will dealing with being a dad. Yeah. It's very relatable to me. Yes, because... Because of my ovaries. Because of your ovaries. Um, And I don't think, even today, we see a lot of gays dealing with that issue in that way. Right. I feel like when you see gays who want to be parents on television, they either already are parents mm-hmm. or like it's just kind of a foregone conclusion that they will become them. Right. Whereas this has like more of like a historical tension. Right. Like history spoilers, it was not easy for gay people to have children right. in 2000. Like Will has a biological clock ticking, but Will like really has like a, a legit clock ticking because right. Will has to meet someone, Mm -hmm. get to the point of being in a relationship where they want to adopt a baby, and then, like, deal with legit years-long legal hoops, in theory, to adopt a baby. Or do a surrogate. Right. Like, even if he were to do a surrogate, that's still a really long process. It it takes a while. It's not just, like, a one-and-done, nine-months-later-you-get-a-child sort of situation. So, 
I do think that Will does have a clock ticking just because he is getting older. He's mm-hmm. like mid-30s at this point. So yeah. I feel like that is legit and realistic. But mm-hmm. I just felt like the show handled it in like... It felt a little after school specially to me. Like... Mm. Okay. Like, I expected the laugh track to be more like, aww. <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't care. Well, in a lot of the episode is him not knowing what he's doing. Which right, and then freaking out about Again, it. is a straight trope that gets right. taken Dad's, to gay stream. I don't know. I am a man. I don't know. I don't know right. nothing about burping no babies. <laughs> Well, and Will is just so upset because he knows he'll be a good dad, but this is shaken for the first time. Yeah, so, like, Will just kind of operates under the assumption that he, like, everything he's good at will be good at parenting. And babies are very hard to please. Mm -hmm. It's it's really not a testament to your parenting. Sometimes they're just going to scream. Right. And you have to learn to deal with that and not Mm -hmm. go crazy and throw them out the window. Right. Well, and Will, it's not like Will has an experience. A way to experience that. Like, none of his friends have right, kids yeah. that he's close to. It's, it sort of feels like this is some of the first set of his friends who are having babies. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't really had any practice. And it doesn't sound like his brother gave him any nibblings. No. Which, by the way, is the gender neutral, neutral term that is plural for nieces and nephews. I love nibblings. Nibblings is a good one. It's the greatest word in the English language. Matthew loves it so much. And he refers to my future children as his nibblings. But mm-hmm. then sometimes he gets confused and refers to them as my nibblings because he's adopted my own children. Yes. So... Clearly, in this scenario, Tess has had a tragic accident. And I'm dead. Yes, and I've taken her nibblings as my own. Okay, so if I'm dead, um, what or else? my nibblings is her. See, this pronouns are hard. See, Matthew just wants to steal my children. He's like, you know. All of your children. All of my children. He's like the evil witch in every fairy tale who, like, steals babies. <laughs> That's him. Yeah. He, he's stealing my children. Mm-hmm. And, like, trying to, like, Jedi mind trick me I into mean, thinking they're my nibblings. It's not stealing your children if you're dead. It's adopting them or saving them from a life of orphanages. Do you think orphanages are as much of a problem in 2017? Do you think that? They are more of a problem than the workhouses. Yes. I think the thing you're thinking about is foster care. No, it's or they're straight up just orphanages. Still. You just think that like just taking one look at my children would result in them being put in an orphanage upon my. I mean, they're gonna be your children. I mean, <laughs> maybe not like one look, but like one listen. <laughs> oh, we gotta take these kids out of here. We gotta get them to the orphanage. <laughs> They'll be safer there. Oh my god, I would produce children who would benefit from the angst producing qualities of an orphanage. <laughs> I don't think your children are gonna need any more angst. <laughs> They're just gonna be like, Mommy, I found your fanfiction.net account, and then I found your AO3 account, and were you okay in your 20s? No. No, Timmy, I was not. I'm not gonna name Finish it. Finish his bottle of gin. <laughs> You drink gin now. Oh, I drink gin now. Children have done this to you. Fuck. They've turned you into a shell of yourself. I'm a shell of a man drinking <laughs> gin. Tess doesn't like gin. I don't like gin. It tastes like an air freshener, but bad. Well, it's because of the juniper. I don't... Juniper is a lovely name for a plant. Juniper is a lovely name for a baby. Yeah, name your baby Juniper. Call nah. It. No? Too many syllables. Do you have a syllable? You know what? This is not important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the end of Will and Jack's plot. Then we can talk about Carrie and Grace a little bit. Well, before we talk about the end, I do want to talk about the only good parenting move that Will makes that entire episode is when he is singing Lady Marmalade to a baby. Oh my God. I almost forgot about Lady Marmalade. (laughs) Because I really imagine that somehow that is that that child's first memory that forms. Uh 
and then they're just traumatized forever. By Will and Jack singing Lady Marmalade and really getting into it. It does sound like the kind of song you sing to a baby until you remember it's about, like, will you have sex with me? Yes. But, like, it's got, like, nonsense syllables. It's got a fun melody. Yeah. It's got kind of like a rhymey character. It sounds like a nursery rhyme. I'm sorry, did you just say that the song has rhymes in it? (laughs) Some songs don't have rhymes, bitch. Most songs have rhymes, bitch. <laughs> okay, but let's talk about the end of, of Will and Jack's plot. Okay, great. So um, This is the part that you like the most. I did like this part the most, because I found that this actually got into some of Will's anxieties about potential fatherhood. And so they're driving, and mm-hmm. he's talking to Jack, and he's just kind of complaining about how he thought he would be so good with babies, and he was not good with this baby, and this was like a real wake-up call, and what if mm-hmm. he's never a dad, and oh my god, like right, right. spiral, oh my god. Well, and at this point, hasn't Jack already accused him of being a bad dad? Yes, he has. So... Because when they're fighting, because of course they're fighting because it's two people taking care of a baby. And they naturally fight. Jack accuses Will of not ever being a good dad. Yeah. And I mean, like, based on what Jack says later that we're going to get into in a second, it almost felt like a little bit like he was being a petulant teenager being like, you're not my real dad! Right, right. Like, saying something that he knew wasn't true just, just to hurt yeah. Will. So, Which makes sense. Like, yeah. Jack doesn't honestly believe that, which is kind of nice. And right. But he does genuinely tell Will that Will is a bad father. Right. Which doesn't make sense. Again, as you remember, they have adopted this baby for six hours at this point. At most. Yeah. The length of one movie. Right. Plus sex in the movie theater. In the movie theater? Probably. I hope they don't use butter as lube. Ew, no. Stop. <laughs> What's the song for boy butter lube? <laughs> When you're feeling nice and randy, boy, <laughs> want to give yourself a handy. Okay, we cannot get into the boy butter loop song. We only have so much time on this podcast. Sometimes Matthew and I stream RuPaul's Drag Race from a Canadian station because we don't want to go out and we don't have cable. And uh, we enjoy the Boy Butter Lube commercials. Thanks, Every Canada. time we sing about Boy Butter Lube, we lose another follower. <laughs> Quick, talk about Casper mattresses. <laughs> But it is nice in the car ride home when Will and Jack actually talk about the fact that Will is mm-hmm. afraid of that. Yeah. And Jack is like, I'm sorry I said that, but, like, obviously I didn't mean it. Right. Like, Jack is, like, trying to, like, assuage his fears, but, like, in a very, like, Jack sort of way where he's like, obviously I didn't mean it. Like, don't right. listen to me. Come on. Like, I'm Jack. Like, why would you take me seriously? Just Jack. But I think um, it's interesting that Will does take Jack seriously. Yeah, I think so. And... So then Jack says this thing, which I thought was a little weird, mm-hmm. and basically Will has to slam on the brakes real quick for, like, a reason, and he does the very, like, soccer mom, like, right. seatbelt arm, right. where he, like, flings it out and protects Jack from, right. like, bopping his It's a really head. fast moment, actually. I'm kind of surprised mm-hmm. by it. Yeah, and so then Jack is saying, like, obviously you're going to be a good dad, like, you just did the soccer mom arm, like, you have good instincts, you just need to learn how to do it, la, la, la. Right. And he's like, plus, you've been a good dad to me for the last ten years. And then I slammed on the brakes, like, in my head. Okay, so here's the part where it gets really weird for me, is early in the episode, there's a one-off joke about them going to the, these party gays party, and they both got really drunk, and they made out with someone in the hot tub, and then they it's each, it's other. each other. And so then I'm, like, backtracking from that moment, being like, oh my god, what? I, what? It's just, the idea of Will and Jack being romantically linked is gross. Yes. But it's even grosser if Jack is thinking of Will as his daddy. <laughs> no, don't say daddy. They're the same age. Tumblr has ruined the word daddy for me. <laughs> like, anytime I even see a movie where it's like some little kid toddling up to their father being like, dad, dad, daddy. I'm like, nope, shoot it dead. Kill it with fire. No. <laughs> I'd have to do like an actual like survey of this, but I feel like whenever like gays are like talking about like, oh, well, I'm 
name here, and then my other partner is named here. I feel like none of them go with dad and daddy. No. Because there's way too much of a connotation in that in the game. No, community. I feel like it's always some variety of like, this is, yeah, it's normally like dad and papa or. Why do so many gays like the word papa? papa I don't get it. Papa is almost as bad as daddy in like, my Like, papa makes me but think like, of like the dad in Pinocchio. No, like, here's what, here's what papa makes me think of. Fucking that claymation version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is skinny and you've got Mrs. Claus being like, eat, Papa, eat. Nobody likes a skinny Santa. Now I'm probably going to marry someone who wants the kids to call him Papa. And I'll be like, that can't happen. And I don't even, what, okay, other gays listening to this, what is your solution to having your children call you names? What have you come up with? Because I can't come up with anything. Mm-hmm. And like, I just feel like someday I'm going to have a child and it'll, it'll I'll have a same sex partner and they'll be like... Mom, this is my mom, and this is my test. Yeah, this would be the solution. I'm okay with that. I'm such a hippie. I'd be like, yes, call me, call me by my name. I am the test. Address me as the test. (laughs) (laughs) I will only respond to the test. (laughs) See, this is why your kids are going to get taken to the orphanage. (laughs) Oh, is it worse that I still have the Boy Butter Lube song in my head? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Why don't we go to the Yacht Club? So let's shift gears and talk about the Yacht Club, a.k.a. the part of the episode that I wish I could have slept through <laughs> or just, like, erased from my brain. So I think it's worth pointing out that out of the two parts that board test, this is the more boring. Yes. And I agree. Yes, this is not... This is not good. So... so the, the setup of the episode is that Ben has invited Grace to the Yacht Club, which is why she's not offended that Will and Jack are going to the Hamptons back yes, or wherever, by the way. she's still dating Ben. Right. That's still happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, basically, the problem is, A, Ben and Grace are, have don't, issues with being in the Yacht Club. They don't belong... Basically, like... They yeah, don't belong there. They don't belong there. Like... Because but, it's just, like, this, like, upper class, like, very white, very it's, wealthy. It's very waspy and white. Right. And they are immediately perceived as interlopers. Right. Because Grace is very clearly Jewish and, and ben, ben is, is very black. clearly... Also Jewish? Yeah, he's definitely Jewish, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the episode, like, forgets about that plot and... Then, like, kind of tries to make a joke about it and it was weird. Yeah. Um, but the other problem, which over... Which supersedes that but ends up kind of causing the other one to be a bigger problem, mm-hmm. is that Karen is there and is feeling needy because mm-hmm. she has just turned the age that Stan left his first wife for. Which we won't find out what that age is. Right, because Rosario bitch slaps Grace when she asks about it. <laughs> She's like, no! <laughs> and do not ask about Miss Karen. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, we... She's have... just feeling old and insecure. Yeah, so she's feeling old and insecure, and she is continuously hitting on Ben because she's Which kind of gross. gross that way. Mm-hmm. And so Grace finds out that that's the reason why she's kind of been bitchy, is because she's very insecure about being old and unwanted right. anymore. And so first Grace tries to kind of hit on Karen. <laughs> Which which goes badly. Choices. So she like walks over to Karen and says something to the effect of, Karen, I saw you across the room and you are so gorgeous and you took my breath away. To which Karen laughs in her face and says, oh my God, you're a big old les. <laughs> which, I think it's hilarious that that interpretation fair. didn't occur to Grace. It's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm just going to give my female friends some compliments and that's going to make her feel better. Yes. And instead it's more like, I'm going to give my female friends some compliments and then my female friends can be like, wow, you're a lesbian. Which is fair. I'm now feeling a little uncomfortable. Right. Like, that's a very logical response for Karen to have. Like, it's it's over the goddamn top. Oh, my God. Do you remember that weird girl we used to sit with at the lunch table in high school? 
Who was totally vibing you all the time. Yeah, who was totally vibing me. And we had gym class together first hour Mm -hmm. in the morning. And one day, I'm like in the middle of changing into my gym clothes. So I'm in my bra and underwear. And she looks over at me. And I clearly hadn't slept because, you know, insomnia, depression, and all that shit. Right. And she's like, you look beautiful this morning. And I was like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) So that's what that episode was like. That's what that was like. Like, I totally bought it. Like, I don't care if women hit on me. But if, like, I was, like, chatting with someone in a, what I thought was a very platonic situation. And they started, like... You look gorgeous. But like aggressive <laughs> levels on top of men. I'd be like, oh, you're creepy and you're creeping me out and you're a creepy aggressive lesbian. Right. Goodbye. But then when that doesn't work, Grace decides that she's going to have Ben hit on Karen, which is an even worse idea, frankly. Yes, it's a terrible idea. So Ben comes back feeling very good about the hitting on, on Karen that he did. Right. And is like explaining to Grace, he's like bragging, he's like, well, I gave her some of this and I leaned in real close and I was like come see my boat anyways uh then he and Grace get kicked out of the yacht club because um it's because he's black but we're gonna pretend like it was because he was hitting on Karen in front of Stan right and then we're all gonna laugh about it (laughs) (laughs) neoliberal post-racial shit is funny right (laughs) no (laughs) well that's the thing that I don't I feel like the episode I feel like that joke about Ben and Grace being black and Jewish must have been inserted later on in the process because it feels like a very real concern that all of a sudden like came up when they were breaking the episode. Right, like they talked to the actors or something. Right. And they were like, um... Because hmm. the, the thing with the episode is that it brings it up and then just like the resolution of the episode is a consequence of those things in part. Yes. But it doesn't act like those things are happening. Yeah, they're just like, that's clearly what is happening here, but they're just passing it off as... Stan being jealous and right. now Karen feels better. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So I mean, it sucks. It's not, that, it's not that the events of the episode couldn't have happened if Ben was a white guy, but it's that because he's not a white guy, there's an added dimension right. of uncomfortableness to it. Right. Like, it makes me question why they decided to go with this version of the plot. Yes. They could have come up with some other reason to get him kicked out. Right. Like, he could have been... Like, we could have seen him hitting on Karen and it being, like, really vastly inappropriate. Right. Or could have seen Karen hitting on him and then, I don't know, it being, like, a big scene and that... Because he's, like, a newer member of the club, he gets kicked out. Like, they could have provided us with more reasons that seemed legitimate. But instead, they just sort of left it at this joke where it's kind of like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, racism. Right. And I'm like, I'm not into that. That was terrible. Yeah. It's it's always an uncomfortable underdynamic. It's always an uncomfortable dynamic with Karen because her character is so different, like, Mm -hmm. demographically from the other characters. Yeah. That it puts her in an uncomfortable position sometimes. Because a lot of the time, we're supposed to treat her like one of the gang. Right. And a lot of the time, she is an active agent of the social and cultural forces that are actively oppressing the other three members. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing that, like, also is kind of creepy about Karen's consistent hitting on Ben in the first place. Mm -hmm. Is that clearly she is both wealthier than he is and has white privilege over him. And so Mm -hmm. she's clearly just, like, objectifying him because she can. Right. And, like, it's... Because we don't see her hitting on anyone else in the club. Right. And it's played for laughs. And that really... I don't like Ben as a character, but I don't like that they don't handle that with his character. Mm-hmm. Like, I would almost... They seem unaware of it as a problem. Right. Like, the, just the whole writing staff seems to just kind of, like, brush it off. as like, yeah. ha, 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 isn't it funny? Like, I'd almost prefer it if he got really pissed and was like, you're being racist, fuck right. off. Well, and and this is something that I'm saying without any foreknowledge of the future, mm-hmm. but it's one thing that actually kind of concerns me about the upcoming Will and Grace revival, is that you have these... And you kind of see this a little bit in the... 
um, vote honey bit. Yeah. Where Karen is like an ardent Trump supporter. Oh, yeah. But like, that is in keeping with her character. Yeah. It would actually be false for her to change her mind. Right. It would except be, for like a really bad reason. Right. Like, it would not really follow for her to be like a big Democrat. I don't really remember... I don't think they even have her change her mind in the Vote Honey special. She does not. She does not. She just kind of just stops chanting so loudly. Yeah. I don't, And I don't know how they're going to resolve that. Yeah. So I would be interested to see how that pans out as well. Like, I could, I could see the writers giving her a really interesting and flip and subversive reason to kind of get off the Trump train. Right. But so far, it doesn't seem like we have any reason to believe that will happen. Well, and it... It would definitely be funny uh, for her to be off the Trump train from, like, an even crazier, further right perspective. Because right. that's, like, true to life. Mm-hmm. But it is not any less problematic. So I guess... And I guess we'll have to see how they handle it. Yeah. Well, the theme of this episode seems to be your fave is problematic because everything <laughs> about it has been kind of yes. problematic and yeah. also a little weird. So... Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, on that note... Anything else you have to say about this episode? I don't think so. I think, um... It's a, it's kind of a archetypal Will and Grace episode in a lot of ways. Yes. And I am glad we watched it, and I'm sorry that you're not glad we watched it. I just, like, just small tweaks could have just made it, like, a decent episode for me, but instead it was sort of like a... Right. Anyways. Well, why don't we chat a little bit about where you can find other episodes of Will and Grace that we liked a lot better than this one. All right. Uh, so we are found on a lot of different places in social media. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter at NotACoupleShow, on Tumblr at NotACoublePodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NotACouple. You can always send us a personal note via email. We're at NotACoublePodcast at gmail.com. hmm Or you can seek out our show notes on Medium, and we're posting on Mixcloud and on iTunes. Yeah. So and that's it. Send us stuff. Yeah. Hooray. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we love you guys. All right. I think that's all we have for today, isn't it, Tess? I think so, too. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow, 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 meow. Hi, Eliza. This episode of Not a Couple was sponsored by Barbershop Quartets, the most unnerving way to advertise your favorite personal lubricant. 